You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report Rocket Sports Media. Uh, This show is part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So welcome if you found us through through those fine folks. Uh, So glad that you're here with us today for the first show in May. Uh, And uh, welcome. I'm your host and the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson. Joined each and every week in the studio by my wonderful co-host. He's our president, our founder, our editor-in-chief across all of our Rocket Sports platforms. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. And aren't you glad, Rick Stevens, that today is not tomorrow so that I don't welcome you to the show by saying, may the 4th be with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and in future, if if there is an episode scheduled for the 4th, we'll just cancel that. No, we're outright. No, we're not. Well, it could be, we could also do Cinco de Mayo. I, there's so many days this week that we could just, there's the the first day in May. On May Day, it's always the Justin Timberlake. It's gonna be May. I'm, I'm not aware of that one. You're not aware of that one? Mm. I do know that the playoffs have started, though. They- <laughs> that I do know. <laughs> NHL playoffs. And, and the and, AHL, and the AHL playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, They didn't waste any time. The playoffs are fully underway. Um Everybody on the ice suddenly absolutely hates hates one another and just is choosing violence in every single game. It's amazing how how the how the games change, how the crowd changes, how the player changes, how the pace changes. It's like a um, light switch. Yeah, in it, the playoffs. It just something it, it something just shifts into a completely different gear. And we've heard for years, well, there's there's a contingent um, well, some of them are in the media. Some fans say that the the refing changes, the officiating changes in the playoffs as well, uh, and accuse um, NHL refs of putting their whistles away. That wasn't the case on night one mm-hmm. in the playoffs. My goodness, there was a lot of penalties and a lot of power plays. And then uh, the busiest account on Twitter today has been the NHL player safety Twitter account. Everybody gets a fine today. Everybody, yeah. Just, you know, what about you? You feeling left out? Here you go. You have a fine as well. You want Corey a suspension? Perry got a fine. Yeah. Wayne Simmons got a fine. Everybody got a fine. Just one suspension, though. Just one suspension. So far, the day is young. 
I you never know. <laughs> that um, was a nasty, nasty hit. Though that was just awful. Blindside, unsuspecting, Kyle Clifford on Ross Colton. That that deserved a suspension. It was really dumb. Um, now it didn't it didn't cost the the Leafs at all, but um, really dumb way to start the series of the game. Yeah, I think there's going to be some pretty some pretty nasty uh, series going on. Um, it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. I love I love playoff hockey. It's it's funny, you know. It's during the regular season, you know. I'm 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 just a fan of the sport, so I enjoy you know late at night once I'm done working, I'm kind of winding down for the day. You know, oh let's see what late game is on. Put a you know put on a game. Doesn't matter what the teams are most of the time, unless it's somebody that you just really can't stand watching. But during the playoffs, it's almost like you're you're you feel like you're missing out if yeah. you miss any of the games of any series. Um, it's just riveting television. And the AHL, the Calder Cup playoffs, uh, really are the are just as competitive, believe me. Um, and we're going to get here in a bit to to the series that Laval is going to start with, and it is going to promise to be just as uh, probably as busy uh, in the penalty boxes. Uh, it's it's not going to be for the lighthearted, I don't think. Um, so yes, we are going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the fact that uh, Laval finally knows who their opponent is going to be in the first round that they're going to play in the playoffs, uh, as well as we're going to give you a little bit of some roster updates. We've got uh, one new addition to the roster, and we've got an injury update of someone that's going to be kept out of the roster uh, for a good portion of time. And then after uh, a quick break, we're going to come back. And it's already been two weeks since our last AHL hot stove segment with Patrick Williams. So it's just in time. He's uh, going to join us later in the show for the 2022 Calder Cup playoff primer. Uh, Patrick's going to join Rick and myself and get listeners all squared away on the playoff format this year because it's different. Um, what some of the matchups around the league look like, what what are things to look out for, watch for, what's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be a fun show today. Wow. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So we know last week we said that last week, the last week of the regular season was going to be just chaotic for the North Division because it was so tight in the race for the top five uh, positions, it was particularly spots two through five. Um, that every every game was going to mean something, every point was going to mean something, and it was probably going to come down to the very last game on the very last day. Uh, and that very last game of the very last day in that division ended up being Laval versus Syracuse, and it truly did come down to that game to determine how the North Division positioning and seating would shake out for the first round of the playoffs. Um, Rick, we talked about last week how... Uh, the the Laval Rocket was on a, a bit of a slide. They had lost uh, three games in a row. Uh, they were about to come home and welcome Toronto into the uh, into Place Bell on Wednesday and Thursday night for a back to back series, um, and those were going to be really important games. And you know, the, when when Toronto had visited the week prior, Toronto blew them out uh, the Friday night prior at Place Bell, five to one. Um, and thankfully, uh, even though Laval did lose uh, their their losing streak stretched to four games because they lost the Wednesday night game last week uh, in overtime to Toronto, they finally got things going again on set on Thursday. Um, 
And they were finally able to start scoring. I mean, remember the week prior, they had only scored three goals in the three games that they played. Um, That was not the case this past week. No, not at all. And uh, the games were more or less back and forth. Yeah. um, With identical uh, scores, identical results, just um, as far as the number of goals, just uh, reversed as far as who won. That's right. Uh, They lost 5-4 to to the Marlies on in overtime on Wednesday, and they beat the Marlies 5-4 to in overtime on Thursday. So um, that set up a very kind of precarious Saturday because, um, you know, Mar- Toronto still gained some, some points. Uh, Belleville was going to face off against Toronto on Saturday afternoon. Um, and so determining who won that game was going to determine whether or not Saturday night's game for Laval versus Syracuse would would mean anything or not. Well, sure enough, Belleville ended up beating Toronto uh, Saturday afternoon. That did two things. It clinched a spot for Rochester, who'd been shooting themselves in the foot for the last two weeks, and it eliminated Toronto from the playoffs. Um, but it also I, I was surprised that that the Marlies went so meekly in yeah. that in that game against Belleville. They had everything on the line, uh, and it's been a long time since the Marlies have been out of the playoffs. But uh, they didn't look good on that. Well, Belleville uh, just seemed in control in that game, uh, and they certainly helped themselves out with respect to the standings. They absolutely did, and and so yeah. That uh, ousted the Marlies. That ended their season that day, um, and and moved the Rochester Americans into that uh, coveted fifth position. And so that meant for Laval going into Syracuse Saturday night. Since Belleville had beaten Toronto, Laval had to get at least a point in Saturday night's game in order to not fall below Belleville in the standings to fourth place and be forced to play the best of three play-in round. Could have been a little dicey, uh, Rick, but um, Benoit Gru ended up resting. Since since Syracuse had second place locked up, whatever they did on Saturday night didn't matter one way or another. They weren't going to gain first place. They weren't going to slip to thir- third. So Benoit Gru decided to rest, I'd say, 85% of his starters. Uh, there was a good portion of his Syracuse Crunch roster that was watching from the press box. Uh, and I think fortunately for Laval, that made the task at hand uh, quite a bit uh, more easy. It was interesting because uh, prior to puck drop, um, Syracuse had their annual year-end uh, team awards of all the individuals who had been key in um, you know, their, their season. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they were announcing the names and had plaques for each of the best defensemen, best uh, uh, forward and goals, and all on and on and on, all the players uh, who were awarded uh, were wearing suits because they weren't, they weren't in the game on uh, that day. As you said, uh, they're arrested, which uh, made things as uh, much easier for, for Laval to, um, you know, solidify their place in, in third spot in the division. Absolutely. So, um, and yes, I mean, it was, uh, it could have been very, this was the first game in the entire season long series that the visiting team actually won. Um, 
that has not been the case in the prior seven games in the season. This was the time that Laval needed to come up with the road win. Um, but so, you know, it also, as Laval, I mean, it was a little close in the first period, and then Laval just kind of opened things up. I mean, the floodgates opened, and Laval really put a put a beating on Syracuse's, I would say, their B squad, basically. Um, and so as it became kind of more and more apparent into the third period that, okay, Laval's likely going to win this game, um, which means they will stay in uh, third position, and their opponent will be the Syracuse, this very Syracuse crunch, then you started to see that the players started to send messages across the ice to one another um, that, okay, we're ready to take you on in the playoffs. Uh, and uh, you certainly saw the intensity kind of uh, really ratchet up in the third period. And they have history. Uh, they do. A lot of history. Um, the the two affiliates were at last met uh, in the playoffs in uh, 2017, April of 2017, and and it was Syracuse that came out on top in that, um, and and that was the end of the uh, St. John's Ice Caps mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, Gabrielle Dumont uh, still with uh, Syracuse and formerly of um, the Canadians organization put the final nail in the coffin. He scored uh, the the goal to eliminate uh, the Ice Caps. Um, Charlie Lindgren, I remember played exceptionally well in that series. Uh, but I was, uh, I was having trouble remembering who the, the Syracuse goalie was. And so I, I, uh, <laughs> I looked it up and none other than Mike McKenna. Um, no, oh, that was one of his many stops. <laughs> Mike McKenna of daily face off, uh, fame now, uh, yeah. and, and a very good, uh, goalie analyst, uh, yeah, um, was, was the goaltender who, ousted uh, the St. John's Ice Caps. Well, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an in- intense series. Um Syracuse has home ice advantage and we're going to talk about this a little more with Patrick when he joins us here late, later in the show about the series and and why it's going to be significant, but you know, yes, Gabriel Dumont is still with Syracuse. He's the captain of their team. He won their MVP award as you were mentioning uh before the game. He won a couple of their awards. Uh, Charles Houdon is playing on this team. Charles Houdon has set, has had a career year uh, playing for Syracuse this year. Uh, he's going to be lethal. Um, you know what Charles Houdon can do in the AHL, particularly on the power play. Um, Alexander Barry Boulay is going to be another one of those. There's Syracuse has a lot of weapons um, at their disposal. And Max uh, Lagasse has been pretty exceptional this past month. In net, so um, it's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be uh, a, this. This could be a lengthy series. Uh, it's going to be nasty. Um, I'll be curious, Rick, to see, and I'm hoping when we get to talk to JF Ull uh, later this week uh, that we'll have some answers as to what he's planning to do about goaltending. Uh, he went with Kevin Poulin on Saturday night in a must-win game. Mm-hmm. He went with Poulin. That's of note. It is of note, and uh, it has been. I've seen uh, Anthony Marcotte, the broadcaster uh, for the for the Laval Rocket. Uh, I've seen him mention on social media that JF has not yet confirmed or committed to who his starter's going to be yet. Um, so that means that there's a question. Now, whether that question is just that they're going to alternate the way that they have been, 
uh, until until he sees who's got the hot hand or if he's going to actually declare a starter um, is yet to be determined. But it'll be interesting for sure. Um, there is a now today they they had their first practice uh, today since since uh, the postseason began. Uh, there were a few of them, a uh, few players in, and also Jean-Francois Houle, uh absent from practice today uh, because they were attending Guy Lafleur's uh, funeral uh, activities. Uh, but there was a new face at Laval practice today. And I think this took everyone by surprise this week uh, because all of a sudden Matthias Norlander showed up from Sweden uh, and he practiced with the team today. It was just announced yesterday that he was, that he was flying over and would be joining the team. He practiced today, um, met with the media afterwards and he was, you know, Matthias Norlander's a confident, confident guy. He's kind of quiet. Um, we remember when he, when we last had seen him, it was back in the fall. Um, he had stuck around after training camp. He had played in a few games with the Montreal Canadiens. Then they sent him to Laval. Uh, there was some confusion about it. There was some questions about it. And ultimately the decision was made for him to go back to Sweden to play in Forlunda. Uh, and we recall that uh, Norlander wasn't thrilled to be no. uh, in Laval at that time. No, he wasn't. Um, he was asked about that today, uh, kind of in a roundabout way. Uh, he was asked, you know, how he felt about the whole situation and, and ending up going back to Sweden and so forth. And he didn't really say anything too definitively. He certainly didn't say anything controversial. He basically just said that they just, it's, there wasn't certainty of where he could play. I, th I think it basically came down to, he didn't expect that he was eligible to play in the AHL. So I, my guesstimation is that he assumed that it would either be NHL or Sweden and, and that the AHL maybe was a bit of surprise of a surprise. Um, but he was, he was all positive today. Uh, when he met with the media, he said that he's excited to be there. Uh, for Lunda had an early exit in their playoffs in the SHL. Um, and so that was, he mentioned that that was a pretty disappointing, uh, loss for them, for them to exit the playoffs so early. So, uh, when he talked to his agent and, and learned that he could come to Laval, join them for the playoffs, he said, you know, I really, um, I liked the, I liked the idea of having a chance to, to win something. So, um, he says he's excited to be here, said he's, uh, you know, was happy to see that, you know, most of the guys that he knows are still here, um, had a good time at practice. And he says he's just going to work hard uh, whenever he gets put into the lineup. He's ready to go. Um, I asked him what he's hoping to show the Canadians organization now that he's back in North America, aside from just simply helping Laval get wins. And he said, well, I want to show them that, you know, I'm I'm capable uh he said that you know that that details in my game i've improved on and he and he mentioned that he wants to show that he can have offense as well because as he said he knows he knows he can do it even if the stat sheets haven't really shown that so um it sounds to me like he's pretty hopeful and and this he'll probably use this he's he definitely mentioned that he's also using this as kind of a, a tune-up and getting ready for, as he said, packing his bags and moving over here to North America next year. So I'm sh he he obviously plans to be to be in North America next fall. So for their playoff uh, run, um, of course, Laval Rocket 
um, was able to get uh, Jesse Ullinen back in um, in the lineup, which will be a, a, a big boost to their offense. Uh, but it's on the back end where they've been most helped. Um, you meant, we talked about Norlander, but, uh, also Corey Schooneman, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, they, the, the Laval Rocket should have a pretty impressive, uh, back end, uh, with, with those two and Belpedio and Niku and Willette, um, all, um, being, you know, experienced, uh, and, and, uh, so many puck moving defensemen. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to help them in the playoffs. I think so too. So we'll see, um, you know, he, he said he hasn't obviously didn't have a chance to talk to coaches or whatnot this morning um, before practice. Uh, so he said, you know, he doesn't have any confirmation yet what his role is going to be or or if he's going to be in the in the lineup to start the, the round of the playoff series on Friday night. Um, he said, you know, he's just he's there to 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 work hard and, and to do what he can to help them win. And he's just looking forward to it. So we're looking forward to seeing I'm I'm hoping uh, that he'll slot in pretty quickly um, and uh, should be pretty fun. There is one piece of the puzzle that will be missing for however long the Laval Rocket uh, will be on a playoff run, however. Actually, before I mention that, I should say as well, Rick, let's also keep in mind when you're talking about the strength of the back end, let's also keep in mind that as long as Laval uh, keeps uh, winning, if they advance far enough, Gianni Fairbrother should be back from injury at the end of this month. Uh, he's probably, I want to, they've they've been saying over and over that he was looking at end of May for a return from his injury. So that could be another piece of the puzzle that comes back for, for the blue line. Um, and a different type of defenseman. And, and maybe, if anything, the type of defenseman that the lineup will be without until he uh, arrives. Yeah, absolutely. A physical, punishing uh, type of defenseman. For sure. So that's something to keep keep it keep in the back of your mind. These not won't be available for this first round, maybe towards the end of the second round, uh, if if Laval manages to advance. So something to keep an eye on. Um, but speaking of injury, there's a there's a key piece of the puzzle at center uh, that's not going to be around for the postseason. Unfortunately, uh, we mentioned uh, last week that Lucas Vedemo had sustained an injury in the second game against the Cleveland Monsters in mid-April. Uh, and it has now finally been determined uh, that his injury required surgery, uh, and he underwent hamstring surgery last week, which that's that's a pretty major deal. Uh, and of course, unfortunately, the recovery is a pretty major deal. Uh, expected to be out seven months, mm. that puts him at November. That means no postseason this year, and it's which breaks my heart for Lucas Vedemo because he's worked really hard this year. Uh, it's got to be devastating for him. Uh, to miss the playoffs and not be able to contribute. But it also means, Rick, no training camp in the fall, um, no no Canadians training camp in the fall, uh, and will be uh, a late start um, getting going uh, if if maybe, you know, it's going to be at least a month into the season before he's ready to play again. Of course he's going to be missed from the uh, Lavelle Rocket playoffs, but but I feel more for uh, Lucas himself and and that he's going to miss out on uh, training camp in the fall because mm-hmm. he had a real shot of, of uh, being part of the team. Um, his call-ups this past year, he showed that um, he belongs in, in the NHL and, and particularly next year when the Canadians are still in a rebuilding phase, uh, he could have carved out a place. Absolutely. Uh, and so... 
it's another tough obstacle for for Lucas Vedemo. I feel like his his journey and his development uh, has been a series of true ups and downs, uh, facing lots of adversity, whether it's injuries, whether it's just confidence, whether it's slumps, whether it's it, you know coaching, whether whatever it is. There's just been a lot of adversity, um, and we wish him a quick recovery. Um, you know, hopefully, maybe uh, maybe he'll. He'll bounce back even faster. Maybe he'll be able to get into a lineup sooner. But um, aside from that, want to just remind everyone that just a week before that injury happened, uh, I had the honor of sitting down for an exclusive one-on-one interview with the one and only Lucas Vedemo. Uh, and that interview just uh, came out on Habs Hockey Report last Thursday on the All Habs YouTube channel. Um, and so I invite you to go check that out. YouTube.com slash All Habs. It's about a 20-minute interview with Lucas. You know, he's the longest tenured member of the Laval Rocket. He's been with the Canadians organization for a long time. And, uh, you know, his road has had a lot of ups and downs. But before he came over to North America, he was playing in the Swedish League. Um and he was playing for Jur Gardens. He was playing uh, for the Sweden Nas- Swedish national team. Uh, you know, there was all sorts of things to learn about Lucas Vedemo, his background, his journey, and also talking about how deep he thought that the Laval Rocket could go in the playoffs. Lots of things, lots of things. Um, it's a really fun interview, and uh, I invite everyone to go check that out at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, And now with that, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors at DraftKings who have a brand new incentive now that the Stanley Cup playoffs are here. Uh, Brand new incentives to sign up and uh, win some money with with DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're going to take a quick listen from them. On the other side of that break, Patrick Williams is going to join Rick and myself here in the studio for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. It is the 2022 Calder Cup playoffs primer edition of the hot stove so you don't want to miss that uh don't go anywhere we'll be right back you're listening to the press zone right here on rocket sports radio hockey fans the pursuit for the stanley cup is on and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter what win or lose Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report, Rocket Sports Media, and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is episode 254. We are so glad you're with us today. It's uh, it's the first 
week in May. It's the first week of the playoffs, both at the NHL level and the AHL level. The ECHL playoffs, uh, the Kelly Cup playoffs, those are going strong. Um, Newfoundland Growlers and Trois-Rivières Lions are duking it out. Trying to, The Lions are trying to stick around. Um, lots of, lots of fun going on. We love the playoffs. We're glad you're here with us. Once again, my name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, want to make sure you're following us on Twitter because you don't want to miss a minute of the Laval Rocket playoff action. And so if you go to at the AHL report on Twitter, that's where you'll find all of our exclusive coverage uh, live from the games and uh, post-game interviews and recaps and all the good stuff that you don't want to miss. Follow at the AHL report. You can find Rick at All Habs, of course, and you can find me at Flyers Rule. You also don't want to miss a minute of this podcast, so make sure that you're subscribed. Uh, Just hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Hit the share button and uh, just share this podcast with your friends and say, hey, there's a a great podcast out there that talks about Habs prospects and the Laval Rocket. You might want to check it out. Uh, And uh, we'd be happy to welcome lots and lots of your friends and others as new listeners right here on the show. Well, who better to join us today for the AHL hot stove uh, just in time? It's almost like we planned it this way. Hmm. Um, but to to bring us the, the Calder Cup playoffs kind of primer this week on the AHL hot stove, none other than Patrick Williams joining us today. Uh, hello, sir. Thanks so much for being here. How you doing? Hey, good. Uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be. A it's a tradition now. <laughs> Only here, where are you ushered in? Ushered in by angels. <laughs> a lot of pressure. I'll try to live up to the hype. <laughs> You've been doing a great job of that so far. <laughs> All right, so regular season officially over. Postseason has officially begun. I'm not calling it the playoffs yet, but. The post it is the postseason at the very least. Um, lots for us to kind of uh, talk about in terms of getting ready. I mean, um, you know this this show is coming out on on Tuesday, May fourth, um, and um, sorry, no, third. yes, third. I have my I don't know what day it is on Tuesday, May third, uh, and we'll have already seen at least one game uh, for the play-in round already played on Monday night, and that's already in the books. So. Um, it's kind of crazy. We've talked we talked a little bit earlier uh, in the year and in the past couple of weeks about this new play in round format that the league is going with. Um, so I guess, Patrick, let's just start with who finally qualified for those play in uh, matchups. You know, you've got two divisions that have just one play in series then you have the pacific division that seems like almost every team that's in the postseason is playing in the play in best of three round um so so what are the what are some of the notable matchups and and how does all that work <laughs> um, that's not a tough question not at all. a tough question <laughs> at all um so I'll, I'll give you a little rule of thumb with the playoffs um four divisions Everybody other than the bottom two teams in each division make it. Now, <clears throat> there are a different number of teams in each division, so that's why the format gets a little bit funky. There's an odd number of teams that make the playoffs, uh, 23 teams, so that's another little uh, wrinkle in the format. Uh, essentially, if you think of this playing round as just a way to 
whittle things down to 16. And then once you're at 16, then it's a very standard, normal, traditional type of bracket. Um, so I think that's that's where people kind of get confused. It's this playing around that's really kind of thrown a major curveball at everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll admit, when I first saw the format, I, I scratched my head too, and I had to look at it, you know, every which way to try to make some sense of it. And eventually it kind of sank in. Um, but that's kind of the, 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 uh, the, you know, the down and dirty of it, you know, that um, if you just sort of view this playing around as a way to get down to 16, then uh, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so that's kind of where they're at. They wanted to get as many teams as possible into the playoffs. Uh, I think partially because of the pandemic. Uh, it's been three years since there was a uh, postseason, um, at least a traditional postseason. Uh, so that's one thing. And it's another way to also get, uh, you know, some extra uh, gate revenue uh, in there as well. Uh, so um, it looks like from now on, this is the format they're going to go with uh, for the foreseeable future. So it's uh, definitely a little bit different. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to get your head around, but uh, that's sort of where things are right now. And Rick, you you especially enjoyed that practically the entire Pacific Division has, has made the postseason. <laughs> Pretty much. And, <laughs> and listen, uh, nothing against fans of the San Diego Gulls. I have nothing against the San Diego, San, San Diego Gulls. Uh, but when I look at this, and, and if you go to the, uh, the standings uh, for the regular season and you sort by winning percentage, as you're supposed to do, um, there are 31 teams in the league, and I see that San Diego was 28th. Uh, they were 28th hmm. out of 31 teams in the league. They, they played 68 games. They won 28 of them, uh, a record of 28 and 40. Uh, winning percentage of 463. How does that team qualify for the playoffs? And I know it's it's uh, because they weren't one of the two bottom teams. But this this um, uh, this this revised format seems to have some peculiarities. Let's just say that. To be sure. <laughs> well, and as Patrick, as we had kind of all three of us had been predicting for the last couple of weeks, it really was the North Division that came down literally to the last game on the last day of the regular season to determine what the positioning was going to be uh, in that division. Well, like it was, it was a really tight race all week last week for the North division. Yeah, it really was. It came down to that final day, uh, Toronto Belleville, um, which was put into motion by the, the, er, you know, the day earlier, the uh, Rochester Americans completely blown out the, the Utica Comets eight one. Uh, to even make that uh, Belleville-Toronto game uh, meaningful. Um, and Belleville came through. Now, it's it's interesting because that also earned Belleville a date with Rochester in the best of three. So there was that little wrinkle. And then you had the Syracuse-Laval game um, where, you know, a little bit of a preview almost of uh, what will be, I guess, technically it's the second round. Mm-hmm. Um between them and, uh, you know, as you've mentioned off the air, you know, Syracuse, you definitely uh, went with a lighter lineup. Uh, now they're a little bit of an interesting situation too, losing Riley Nash to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, he was kind of the, the player that I think turned their whole season around, came over at the NHL trade deadline from Arizona, uh, specifically a move to help Syracuse and uh, came in and was just an absolute dominant force. Um, 
right from the start, and uh, now they lost him. And it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it was definitely a race down to the finish. Um, it's going to be weird not having the Marlies around. First time since 2011, they've not qualified for the pole season. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, they were not very good down the stretch, uh, to be sure. Now, talking about the that now that it's Belleville and Rochester playing uh, the only play-in series uh, for the North Division, can you talk a little bit about that matchup? And, and just, you know, Rochester was one of those teams that seemed to be solid for a while throughout the season. And then towards the end of the season, they, they, they couldn't get out of their own way. Um, Belleville had this big resurgence this year, um, really kind of coming into their own a little bit. I I think this is actually going to be a pretty exciting series. Yeah. It's one of those series I I wish was a little bit more than a best of three, because I think it's a real clash of styles. You have Rochester. um, They don't play a whole lot of uh, defense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they uh but they can score in bunches i mean they had jj paterka the rookie of the year uh in jack quinn uh, michael mersh uh, real deep group of forwards um um it's just their uh their defensive play in their own zone um leaves a lot to be desired um versus belleville which is they're very meat and potatoes type of team. They they will kind kind of grind you down. Uh, they were not all that impressive up until maybe around February, and then they really turned it on. I think uh, Troy Mann, the head coach there, uh, really did a strong job there uh, with a team that uh, uh, talent wise, I don't think is among the higher uh, echelon of teams. But uh, he has a very good system in place. They work hard every night. And that can honestly, you know, this league especially, that can be a, a good recipe. And it's uh, sometimes a little bit more of a consistent recipe than what you have with Rochester where, you know, one night they look great and then the next night they, they don't. And uh, I thought the, the stretch drive really proved that, uh, you know, you had a team that lost back-to-back games to Cleveland, who's been out of the race for, for months. And then they come in uh, the last game of the year and they completely hammered um, Utica. Now, Utica obviously didn't have their full lineup uh, that night. Nevertheless, it was still a decent enough lineup. Uh, you know, So you, you, you beat them 8-1. Um, I think that was a little bit of a message game that, uh, hey, you know, we, we belong here in the pool season. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a real battle of styles and, uh, you know, Best of three, you know, that's a real crapshoot in a lot of ways. And, then, you know, whoever loses the first game is already uh, facing elimination. So uh, there won't be a whole lot of uh, kind of touch and go or, or, you know, feeling each other out, you know, early in the, you know, it'll be right, at, right off the bat, right at each other. Well, and that's the thing, Rick, a, a best of three series. I, I think people people get so comfortable with the best of seven series that we typically see in in the Stanley Cup playoffs um, like a best of five even runs quickly, uh, as we'll see as we progress into the into the playoffs here for the AHL a little further. But a best of three is like blink and you miss it. You have to be ready. You have to be ready from puck drop. There's no feeling out process as you might get in a, a typical seven game series. Um, as Patrick says, you lose game one. If you're not ready, uh, you're already facing elimination and that makes things very difficult. It really does. Um, so looking then at um, the rest of the East, in the, in the Atlantic Division, there's two play-in rounds. 
uh, two two play-in series, I should say. There's the Providence Bruins facing off against the Bridgeport Islanders in a best of three, and then the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and the Hershey Bears facing off in a best of three. Do uh, do you foresee any surprises there, Patrick? Any any potential upsets, or or do you think those will be uh, pretty standard uh, head uh, stand standard matchups for for those four teams? Yeah, I look at Providence and Bridgeport as kind of similar teams. Um, very good goaltending. Um, they have some talent up front, uh, but, um, you know, teams that um, they mostly work hard more than anything. Well coached um, for sure. Uh, so that's kind of that, that series. And I, I think that just comes down to who gets a bounce, uh, who, who converts on a, you know, power play, that, that sort of thing in a mm-hmm. short series. And it looks very Hershey. I find that a difficult uh, matchup to really make much sense of. Yeah. Um, Hershey was not good down the stretch uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they just they can't score. Now, they did get Joe Snively back on conditioning alone from Washington. That should help them some. But, uh, you know, when you have to grind for every single goal, I mean, it just – it's not conducive to winning in this league, um, you know, with the way the schedule is. And I think uh, this is a series, obviously, where there's not going to be any secrets. They played each other 12 times. Um uh, they were actually completely even, 513 point percentage. Uh, so for me, this, again, is a, this is a toss-up. Um, you know, again, I think it comes down to um, whose lineup is intact, who doesn't get hit by, you know, a couple recalls, and, uh, you know, who can convert, you know, on their opportunities. Um, and I think it's that, that situation where you have to look at the NHL parent team. Whose parent team is still playing and who – Mm-hmm. who's or not you know and if, if you can be in a situation like uh, for example uh you know the bridgeport islanders they're a little bit more dangerous now because the, the parent club went home uh so they don't have to worry um about all of a sudden you know well they took, take our number one goalie in our top center um and <laughs> you know we have to figure it out on the fly um you know what they have is pretty much what they'll have you know barring injuries so uh, I think that's a definite advantage for a team like Bridgeport, a team like U- Utica, a team like Laval, Belleville, Rochester, et cetera. So if we if we circle then over to the Western Conference, uh, the Central Division is like the North Division where they only have one play-in series. Um, but gentlemen, I, I think this was, I think this must be kind of a, a, a carryover from Mascot Madness because it's <laughs> Hammy versus... Ringo, who we all believe the fix was in that Ringo won the championship for the mascot this year. You want to take this? I'm not, yeah, I was, I was waiting for you on that. I, I didn't want to touch that at all. So the Rockford Ice Hogs versus the Texas Stars. Um, you know, our listeners might not be as familiar with Western Conference teams. Is this, does this look to be, uh, we know that Hammy and Ringo would probably really throw down. Will there, will there, respective teams do the same thing the difficult thing here is whoever wins they get chicago yeah um, that, I, I i think that's that's going to be tough Who, whoever comes out of uh, this this play-in matchup yeah yeah i mean you look at if, it, if it's texas they finished 34 points behind uh chicago obviously they played four mm-hmm. fewer games nevertheless <laughs> um this is a uh, situation where you know Sure, you win the series, but uh, your prize for winning the series is you get the Chicago Wolves, yeah. who really have not had 
any hiccups at all this season. I mean, last year they were in that uh, little bit of a dual affiliation with Carolina and Nashville. And um, Ryan Worsowski, the head coach there, one of his big kind of points uh, of emphasis has been eliminating that, that kind of that tendency that his team had last year to kind of show up one night, not show up the next. Uh, that's been eliminated, and they've just been a force really from the start. Uh, and I think the only thing that, that can slow down Chicago um, really would be if the Carolina Hurricanes start uh, picking apart their roster. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, Rockford, Texas, um, it's kind of going to be a little bit of, I think, of a dubious uh um, prize to come out of that series. It's an interesting series in the sense that all three games are in Rockford uh, for uh, logistical and travel purposes. Texas will technically be the, the home team for game two, mm. uh, but um, it's a little bit of a twist there. Um, so uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, Rockford has all three home games, you know, uh, from a, a crowd support. Yeah, and one team's going to win two games in the play-in round, and then maybe that's all they win in in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then you know it's interesting because we don't get to best of seven to the conference final, so yeah. um, even after the best of three, you know you have two best of fives after that, so um, it does add a little bit of a, a curveball in that sense, um, where um, if if you are maybe a team that's is like a Rockford or a Texas, you might have a, I think a better chance than you would otherwise if it was the best of seven, but yeah, it's going to be a tall task, but Hey, you know what? I mean, you know, if, um, if you finish in fifth place, um, the way I see it, you're, you should be thankful you've made the playoffs in the first place. So, you know, (laughs) it should, I think logically it should stand that uh, you have a much more difficult path uh, than you otherwise would. Sure. So then, of course, we look at the Pacific Division. The only team in the Pacific Division who is not playing in a play-in round is the Stockton Heat. They get to sit around and just watch all of the drama unfold. Uh, You've got Ontario Reign versus San Diego Gulls in a best of three. Colorado Eagles versus Henderson Silver Knights in a best of three. And the Bakersfield Condors versus the Abbotsford Canucks playing a best of three. Um, That last one. That last one. Bakersfield, Abbotsford, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, it's going to be a shame that one of those teams have to go home yeah, um, yeah. very fast uh, because uh, really two strong teams in Abbotsford kind of got a haul back uh, from the Vancouver Canucks as well. So uh, they were a real, real strong team down the stretch. Uh, um, they did a lot of damage. Uh, so, I mean, that's a tough that's a tough draw for Bakersfield uh, right off the bat uh, to get Abbotsford. Um, and that's going to be a weird format too because uh, there's going to be a five-day break between games. Uh Disney on Ice is coming to Bakersfield, <laughs> so uh, the timing is not great uh, in that sense. So um, yeah, kind of sit, sit around for five days uh, in a best of three series. So that's a little bit of a twist. Um, that's uh, you know, welcome to the American Hockey League, right? You know, right. You think you've seen it all, and then you get a, a curveball like that uh, thrown at you as well. Well, it's actually a great lead into to the the next part of it that we want to examine, which is the Laval Syracuse series that's going to take place. Technically the second round uh, it's, it's the North division semifinal series. It'll be a best of five series, uh, but it starts in the middle of the play in round. Um, However, so the first Syracuse has home ice advantage since they're, they took second place in the division. So the series starts on Friday and Saturday night with a back-to-back in Syracuse. But then 
both of those teams sit for about five days before going to Laval for game three. Yeah, it's, uh, it's different. Um, you know, and I think that's another thing too. I mean, this is a lead where traditionally it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday lead or a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And now because of the playoff schedule, you get kind of uh, a whole rhythm that teams have been used to for six months kind of goes out the window. Now you're playing on a Thursday, um, the series went on a Tuesday if it goes all, all five games. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a twist in that regard. That's, you know, that, 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 that routine and that rhythm that teams have had so long now, you know, it's that traditional, like, all right, uh, you play all weekend and then you have three or four days off to kind of gear up for the next weekend. And, you know, that this is, you know, this is a, a different format and, um, but uh, yeah, depending on how that, uh, how long that series goes, and then also how long the Belleville Rochester series goes, um, you're kind of having them overlap with each other. So that's a little, little bit of a strange uh, format. But um, they do want to get this thing done by the end of June, and they have five rounds to play, so oh. something had to give, <laughs> and uh, that's what that's what gave. Rick, we know that the last time, excuse me, we've talked about it here on the show before, but we know that the last time that the Canadians AHL affiliate um, made it to the postseason was um, back in the 2016-17 season when it was still, it was the last season of the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, And unfortunately, the Ice Caps did get bounced in the first round, but they got bounced by none other than the Syracuse crunch. And so now we're looking, we're five, it's five years later. Uh, it's the first time Laval makes the postseason, And sure enough, the affiliate once again, faces off against the Syracuse crunch. Um, I think we know how intense that series is going to be. There, there is a history between these two teams, whether driven by, um, the, the, the coaching staff, uh, I, I remember Sylvain Lefebvre always said that Syracuse was a small building to play in. Uh, he felt that, that every, it was really tight on the ice. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and so that makes for a more intense, uh, and, and, and the coaches, you know, for both sides, whether it was Lefebvre or, um, uh, and, and now with J.F. Hool, the coaches know each other. Um, and so that, that maybe ramps up the intensity a little bit. Um, but, you know, that series that you talked about the last time, uh, the Ice Caps, uh, the, the, the Canadians AHL affiliate was in the playoffs, uh, that kind of turned on an odd play in, in uh, St. John's. And, um, you know, it would have been a whole different series if, if uh, the Ice Caps had gotten an overtime win. Uh, in St. John's, uh, but we were in Syracuse, and and mm-hmm. those games were tough uh, and intense. Is the right word, and uh, I don't I don't expect any different. Uh, throw out that last game um, of the the regular season, oh, yeah. um, because it was uh, you know a, a, a pretty sparse uh, Syracuse lineup. But, but that game is meaningless. It's going to be it's going to be tough and and intense. So. Patrick, we, we've learned that um, Laval is going to get a, a bit of reinforcement on the back end uh, tomorrow at practice when Matthias Norlander shows up and joins the team. Uh, I think this was something that I don't know anyone predicted <laughs> or saw or heard any rumblings was even in the cards. 
Yeah. Um, it was, I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody did. It's a little bit of a weird wrinkle in the, the many, many rules that uh, govern this sort of thing, uh, especially with, with uh, transferring players uh, back and forth to Europe. Uh, so, you know, we know with him, Norlander, he, he returned around mid-December or so uh, back to the Swedish Hockey League, uh, finished up the year there. Um, typically, he wouldn't uh, be eligible. Um, but because he was loaned, um, the eligibility rule for reasons I'm not entirely clear on does not apply to him. So, hey, you know what? If there's a, um, a loophole or whatever uh, the word you want to use for it, uh, there to be used, uh, you know, I think any smart team would do that, and that's what the Montreal Canadiens have done. Um, that's, that's a major addition, obviously, for, for the Laval Blue Line, uh, to have a player like that, uh, who I thought, you know, he, he had a little bit, I think, of a tough adjustment at first uh, coming into Laval, but, uh, you know, now coming back, um, he, he got his feet wet uh, in North America and then went back home, and now he's able to come back and, um, at some point, if he's ever going to end up in the Montreal lineup, um, he needs to um, acclimate himself uh, to the North American game. And I think no better time now uh, than now uh, to do so in the playoffs. And uh, kind of uh, it's a little bit of a difficult baptism, but uh, it, it's a great opportunity for him and, and certainly a boost for Laval's lineup as well. Just six games for him. Um, well, six games in the NHL with Canadians at the beginning of the season, six games with Laval. And as you said, um, maybe a little out of uh, out of his comfort zone and was, was returned to Ferlunda, played 21 games there, two points during the regular season. But uh, from what we saw in the playoffs for Ferlunda, he, he, he found his stride, six points in nine games in the playoffs. Uh, but his his uh, tenure is done now with Ferlunda. He will be at the Canadians' uh, uh, training camp in the fall, um, but uh, a real bonus to the Laval crew to get him on the blue line, particularly uh, who we're hoping to have uh, Baron uh, there, and uh, he's out with injury, so... Um, uh, Justin Barron uh, will be nicely uh, replaced by Matthias Norlander. I think it's going to be pretty in, uh, interesting. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, we know that that series is going to be physical. It always is between those two teams in the regular season. Um, and you saw that, you know, Benoit Gruel may have may have rested a lot of his regulars on Saturday night, but he left Daniel Walcott in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know what happens when you have Daniel Walcott in the lineup. Um, and there was certainly some, uh, there was some theatrics. There was some on both, uh, both sides of the puck. Um, Patrick, I think it's, uh, I think that's going to be one of, uh, one of the more intense uh, divisional semifinal matchups around the league. Yeah. I think especially in that Syracuse building, um, yes. those fans, anybody who's ever been to a game in Syracuse knows that those fans are, are, uh, rambunctious, I think, is the next They can definitely get get under uh, a visiting team's skin, um, and I think again that's going to be a um, a case where you must stay disciplined. Um, teams, I think, get in trouble in that building sometimes. Yeah. In that sense, that uh, they do get a little bit off their game, and Syracuse loves playing in that building. Um, they were fantastic down the stretch at at home. Um, 
and uh, they're a team that's uh, when they when they get on a roll and they start to really uh, get some momentum. They're a team that is really difficult to slow down. Uh, so, um, you know, they didn't have a great power play, um, you know, during the regular season. That being said, um, you, I, I find in this league, more than any other league, you can kind of throw out the regular season once you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different league in that sense. And, uh, you know, I think the bigger factor is, is the, the – sh- the shift in personnel, uh, like Laval getting Lauren Linder back and Syracuse losing Riley Nash, that's kind of a, you know, a definite uh, shift in, uh, you know, the overall kind of power of each club's lineup. So um, I think that will be a bigger factor maybe than anything else. Well, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, I know that we'll all be busy. I know you'll be busier than any of because <laughs> so, you're keeping an eye on the entire league. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. We, we know the AHL report crew, of course, is going to have full coverage for the Laval, uh, Laval series. Um, I think that we're going to have some very, you know, when we're back here again in two weeks, play in rounds will be done and divisional semifinals will be possibly done depending on how long they stretch. Um, and then we're going to get a real clear picture of what the rest of the run, uh, through the next, uh, three rounds after that are going to look like, um, Patrick, thank you, of course, for coming on uh, to the hot stove again today and giving our listeners kind of the uh, helping us give the listeners a, kind of a, the 2022 Calder Cup playoff primer, uh, get everybody ready and set on on how to watch and how it works and what's exciting and, and what's uh, going to be a, a bit of a nail biter. And uh, good luck. Uh, good luck following <laughs> all of these series. And um, we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Yeah, it will be nice, I think, to finally maybe pare it down to 16 right now. It's a little bit, uh, you know, it's a lot to kind of keep track of. And especially with uh, the best of three, uh, things happen really fast, but uh, it should be, yeah, like you said, in two weeks, we should have a better sense of where things stand at that point. Excellent. Well, take care and we will talk to you then. Thank you. Patrick is always so full of information. Indeed he is. Like, I don't know how he keeps... I don't think he sleeps either because how do you watch so many games and keep track of all of these teams across the league, especially all the West Coast teams? He is the AHL guru. <laughs> He's the, where's, where are the I angels? Yeah, I know. Where are the angels? <laughs> uh, he is. He's, He's the AHL guru. We are so, uh, so happy to have him on the show. We're so happy to have him as a contributor here at Rocket Sports. Uh, be sure to check him out on Twitter at P Williams AHL. Uh, you can also read uh, his columns on AHLReport.com, as well as, of course, the wonderful work that he does uh, writing for the AHL's website and uh, the AHL correspondent at NHL.com. Um, Some outlets have, you know, one writer that part-time pays attention to the AHL or, you know, looks in on a, a, an AHL team when it gets time for the playoffs, but... We have Patrick. We have yourself. I I join in on the AHL coverage. Uh, we have Chris G. and and now Michael started. So um, I think we got the AHL covered pretty well. Yeah. Here at Rocket Sports, we really do. It's uh, and we because we know it's such an important piece of the puzzle. Um, and for the NHL, but also just uh, just great hockey hockey stories. And it's such a competitive league. Uh, it's certainly deserves the attention that uh, we try to give to it. So 
Uh, we're glad that you're here enjoying it as well. So speaking of that coverage, AHLReport.com and at the AHL Report on Twitter is where you're going to want to be locked into this weekend as the Laval Rocket kick off their postseason. Now, the, the play-in the play round um, for the North Division, that's Belleville versus Rochester, like we talked about. It's not going to be over yet. We mentioned that when when Patrick was on on with us as well. Uh, but, but the North Division... Um, North Division semifinals will start on Friday night in Syracuse. Friday night and Saturday night, Syracuse is the place. The Laval Rocket will be the visiting team for games one and two of the back-to-back. And we will have all of the coverage for you at AHLReport.com and on Twitter at the AHL Report. Um, and uh, including post-game interviews, uh, there will be uh, there will be post-game interviews available on the road uh, and so forth, so you don't want to miss a second of that coverage. Uh, also invite you again to uh, go over and subscribe to the All Habs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allhabs. I'll have a new episode of Habs Hockey Report hitting our YouTube channel this Thursday and every Thursday, uh, talking about the Habs and the Rocket and lots of fan engagement over there, so be sure to, sure to check that out. And Rick, I get to uh, it's been a few weeks, mm-hmm. But I get to rejoin you again for the Canadians Connection podcast this Saturday. Terrific. Where can Glad people find that? Back. Tell us tell us what it's all Canadiansconnection. about. CanadiansConnection.fm uh, for all episodes. Or if you want a little more coverage, if you want both the podcast and our articles about the Montreal Canadiens, uh, it's easy to find. Allhabs.net. Allhabs, all one word, dot net. And also be sure to check out the Allhabs Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash allhabs. Um thousands and then that's done that's not an exaggeration thousands tens of thousands of uh fans and followers on the all habs facebook page and lots of conversations always happening about your favorite franchise whether it's the canadians whether it's laval whether it's prospects uh so join that community join in on the conversation we always love to hear from our fans and our listeners and our readers uh always drop us a comment uh, we're glad to hear from you. And uh, you know how many thousands go to the All Habs Facebook page? How many? The All Habs, the official All Habs uh, page on Facebook. How many? Facebook dot com slash All Habs. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. People reached for the 28 day period between April 5th to May 2nd. Okay. 1.358 million. What? Wow. It's it's crazy. And and uh, mostly Habs fans. We have 50,000 um, registered regular of uh, uh, Facebook fans, the uh, Habs fans that join us. And then with the Fleur news, with the Carey Price news, yeah. with uh, all the news that uh, was happening at the end of the season and the fact that the Canadians uh, secured the um, uh, the best odds in the upcoming draft lottery. Uh, we've had uh, all kinds of comments from other NHL fans in addition to Habs fans. So um, if you have something to say about the Laval Rocket, about the, the Montreal Canadiens, um, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash allhabs. We'd love to see you there. And we definitely want to see you back here next Tuesday. We will have... Uh, all of the action from the first two games of this best of five series between the Laval Rocket and Syracuse Crunch. Lots to break down for you next Tuesday. You don't want to miss it. So uh, thank you for being here. Rick, thank you. And uh, we'll see you all back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.